Our scripture reading for today comes from Romans chapter 8. We'll read the first 11 verses today. There is that, therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of spiritual flesh, of sinful flesh, and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Good morning, church. So uh, for those of y'all who haven't pieced it together, haven't heard yet, I I was on vacation last week, and I'm still getting my head back in it. So when I skip children's message or whatever, you know, just flail your arms wildly and point. That's what my son did, and it worked great. Um, so maybe I, I might need a little bit more from you guys. Let's try again. Good morning, church. Good morning. All right. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. You know, a lot of times I'll, I'll start starting with like a little, uh, anecdote or a little, 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 uh, thought experiment or whatever. Today I'm going to read you just, I'm just going to read you three stories out of the Bible and we'll go from there. Okay. They're short and the first one's super short. So the first story I want to read to you from, is from Genesis chapter two. The Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Got it? Story number two. This is from uh, Ezekiel chapter 37. This is Ezekiel talking right now. He says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. 
Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling and the bones came together, bone to its bone. The hip bones connected to the... <laughs> That's what that song's about, by the way. All right. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had covered them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. Got it? Story number three. This is from John chapter 20. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week. That day, by the way, is Easter. Okay. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. All right, you heard my three stories. Did you pick up any common themes? What did these stories have in common? What's that? Yeah. The Spirit of God is breathed out, and it gives life to where it goes. God formed the man from dust, but it was just a body until he breathed his spirit into him. Ezekiel prophesied to the bones, and they came together as whole bodies, but there was no life in them until the spirit was breathed into them. The disciples were hiding out in fear of what? Yeah, but what were they going to do to him? They were hiding out because they were afraid of being killed. 
just like they killed Jesus. Only Jesus isn't dead. And he shows up. And he breathes the same life-giving spirit into his disciples. Now, many of y'all know this, I think, but especially when, when you're reading that Ezekiel passage, uh, it's probably helpful to know something. Both in ancient Hebrew, which is the language of the Old Testament, as well as in the Greek of the New Testament, in both languages, they do the same thing, where the word for spirit is also a word for breath. It's also a word for wind, right? So when you hear him prophesying to the breath, and the breath comes from the winds, and the winds come, and the spirit, it's all, it's, the, this is all contiguous in the minds of the Hebrews, right? When we think of spirit, I think we often think of spirit as non-physical stuff, right? You got the physical, you got the spiritual. That's not exactly the dichotomy we get in Scripture. Probably this has a lot to do with um, our modern way of seeing the world, right? In our modern way of seeing the world, we tend to divide these things really clearly. You got the spiritual things, and those are separate from the physical things. But that's not, that's not the way that the writers of the Bible thought. That's not how their language worked. I, would, I think it would be better to understand it this way. The spiritual is what moves the physical. Right? The spirit is what moves the physical. The spirit is what gives life to the dead. The spirit, same word as breath. Now, the natural way of the world, or maybe a better way to say this is the way of the natural world, is a cycle, right? You, you're born, you live, you die. Everything that lives is destined to die. From fruit flies that only live for a few moments to massive, you know, oaks that live for hundreds of years, none of them are forever. Everything that lives dies. If we're going to use the imagery of our reading from Romans 8 today, what I just described to you is the law of sin. Death is the law of sin, right? All flesh is in the process of dying. That's the consequence of being born into a world that's been broken by sin. It's the law of sin the, that's the law of sin, and all flesh is subject to it. When we say something like, apart from Christ, everyone is dead in their sin, I think sometimes we, we, we jump straight to over-spiritualizing that statement. Those words aren't pure metaphor. And also, they're not judgmental, right? It's not like you're standing over everybody else and saying, you know, that it's not, it's not like some sort of statement like, well, we're better than you because you're dead and I'm not. No, no, no. When we say something like that, we're making a statement about how the world works. According to the natural world, everything is in a process of dying. 
but the Holy Spirit disrupts that. He makes the inevitable irrelevant. He makes the impossible a reality. All things die, but you won't. Not really. And Jesus, in his physical body, is the proof. Romans 8.11 says this, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. This resurrection stuff isn't just a fairy tale. It's not just a, a story we tell ourselves to feel better. Jesus is the proof. He rose from the dead. The spirit that rose him from the dead lives in you. His resurrection is proof of yours. And that means a radical shift in how we see and engage with the world. Dog-eat-dog, survival-of-the-fittest stuff, all that has to do with trying to fight off the forces of death. That's not how we live. That problem has been solved for us. In the days and weeks ahead, I'm sorry, in the weeks ahead, not in the, I'm not going to preach to you every day, but in the, in the weeks ahead, we're going to go through a series where we talk about some of the changes that this brings. Right? We're going to talk about how the Spirit brings family and strength, and courage, and freedom. So we'll take a deeper dive into each of those as we get there, but I did want to point out that they, 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 they arrive naturally. They, they come up naturally from this, this idea that the Spirit gives life. And I can show it to you. Um, it's, it's in the text that we read today. So freedom from death means freedom to live fully. You don't have to try and conserve and preserve and ration. You can just live. Victory over death means that fear is baggage that we can and should let go of. The life-giving spirit inside of you that animates you, it does so with supernatural power which is a strength that you're not going to find in yourself. It doesn't matter how deep you dig. It doesn't matter how much grit you have. There's things that the Spirit in you can do that you cannot. These are present realities that God is giving to you by the Holy Spirit. Now, as you're sitting there, listening to the sermon, you might go, that sounds great. That's, that's, that's great in theory. I'm going to be honest. I don't really feel that. I haven't really noticed that in my life. Well, it's possible that you're not experiencing that reality right now, or maybe less fully than you could. That doesn't mean it's not true. It just means you're not experiencing it. And that brings us to, to one of the themes from our reading, from that middle paragraph that I haven't really touched on yet, but I want to talk about it right now. Verses 5 through 7, it sets up some strong contrast between the mind set on the flesh and the mind 
set on the Spirit. Why? Why is he spending all this time talking about the mind? I thought we were talking about the Spirit, right? The Spirit is a gift of God. It brings all this powerful stuff with it. What does your mind have to do with any of that? Well, I think, it, I think it's very possible. I think many Christians are so used to being dead that when the Spirit breathes life into them, they'll just continue playing dead. They haven't learned another pattern. They haven't learned another way to see. We don't see the possibilities open to us. We don't... We're trapped by the same fears that held us because we haven't really learned that, that death has been defeated. We haven't really learned that. You know, um, if you've ever been through a, a serious, like, surgery... There's often physical therapy afterwards, you know. Let's say uh, you got a knee replaced or shoulder repaired, right? Oftentimes, you have to relearn how to do simple things. You might have to relearn how to walk. You might have to relearn how to hold a cup, you know. What happens is our bodies, in addition to building up the strength, also our bodies just get used to not being able to do those things. And so your mind just kind of forgets that you got it. Forgets you have that hand. Forgets you got that leg. And you got to retrain it, right? You got to train it through, through repetition. You got to train it through pushing your boundaries. You know, I could go this high last week. Can I go this high this week? Those boundaries have to be pushed and pushed until, until it gets to be fully realized again. And that's not so different for Christians. We have to train our minds to think and behave like fully alive people because that's what you are in the Spirit. So if we're going to stop playing dead or mostly dead, right, we're going to have to take some steps of faith. We're going to have to take some chances. We're going to have to push our boundaries get ourselves into spots where only the Holy Spirit can carry us through. If you were in my Daniel class earlier, this is probably sounding a little bit familiar. And if you weren't, 9 o'clock next week. Set your alarms. It's, uh, it's must-see TV. All right. The point here is the Spirit is giving you this gift of life, but we have to learn to take those steps. You know, imagine... Uh, Peter and John are going to the temple. They see the guy who's not had the use of his legs his whole life. They heal him. That first time trying to get to his feet was probably pretty scary. Right? He had to try it. It was a step of faith. And when it happened, it was a reason to rejoice. It was a miracle. But what if he never put his feet under him? What if he never straightened out those knees? I think that God has for you a bundle of adventure and a very vibrant life. But it's going to take some steps of faith to realize this life that he's given us. And you know, he gave you that life for a purpose. That spirit was breathed into you so that you may have life and have it 
in abundance. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for pouring your spirit into us, for making us alive, fully alive. And Lord, um, I confess there's still times that fear holds me back. There's still time that doubt holds me back. There's still time that, that I'm just not thinking as if the spirit is with me. So we pray, Heavenly Father, that you'll open our eyes to see where he's leading that you'll give us courage and faith to step out where he leads so that we can experience this full life that he's giving to us. Lord, I, I, I know there's some folks today who are going through some anxieties, who are going through some fears, who are going through some struggles. And I pray, Lord, that you'll lift their eyes and train their minds to see your presence there and that you'll show them the way forward. All these things, Lord, we pray in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.